Thank you, choir, for that. I don't know what you had planned, but I'm glad you sang that one. Victory in Jesus, Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. It's not just words that are on a screen. That was that Jesus, God, took on flesh and had himself nailed to a cross so that we could sing songs like Victory in Jesus. You know, he came and gave up his life so we could stand here who have done nothing deserving and done nothing adequate to save ourselves. And he accomplished victory, victory. And so the scriptures have gone forward to announce that victory and to continue to press us into Jesus. Keep us strong in Jesus. And so as we go back again today to the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation is seen oftentimes, especially in a chapter like we'll be in today of a lot of scary stuff, a lot of world events, a lot of beasts, a lot of uh, mark of the beast, a lot of terrible things. And people get so focused on those events and circumstances. We lose sight of the victor. We lose sight of Jesus. And revelation starts. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And so let's go pray to him today. That our focus would be on him and what he intends to communicate to us today through the chapter and what he intends for us to be living like in these days, as I believe we're coming towards the end. So let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, victory in Jesus and that we get to be a part of the winning side simply by saying yes, by saying, I believe, I submit, please forgive me. And we get victory in Jesus, our Savior forever, who sought us and bought us and by his blood has redeemed us. And so today, as we come and listen to our King's word, we pray that we would have our eyes focused on him. I pray that you guide my mind, my heart and my mouth to speak only that which that which you have ordained. I pray that the hearts that receive it be prepared. Lord, that together we might be built up in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bible, please turn to Revelation chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible and need a Bible, we have some that are available on the side table and in the table in the back foyer. You're welcome to have one of those. They're free. Write your name on it. Take it home. Uh, But be prepared. You might have to cross your name out because the Lord has us buy these Bibles, not so that we can just have them. But if somebody comes across our path and needs a Bible, Give that Bible away, write their name in it, and then you come back and pick up another Bible uh, because the word of God needs to continue to go forth, especially in these days when so much garbage and so much trash is being uh, passed off as good truth and good and accurate information. And Jesus says, you don't pay attention to all those things. You pay attention to my word. So keep your eyes in the scripture. Today, as we go forward, I'm just going to tell you, there's a lot of this. I'm going to say, I don't know what it's talking about. That's probably my best line in the book of Revelation a lot of times is, I don't know what it's talking about, but the Lord has said, look at these things and then keep watch. And so it's important that we have a Bible. Get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, get a Bible and start reading it so that you can be watching. Who is Jesus? What is he doing in these days? What has he done for my sin? When is he coming back? We don't know the answers to all those questions, but we know a lot of those things. Get in touch with Jesus through your Bible. Uh, We have seen in the book of Revelation, this is all about him up to this point. There was a scroll that had seven seals on it. Nobody was worthy to open those seals except for Jesus, the Lamb of God. He was worthy. And so he began to break open those seals, each one of them triggering uh, tribulation or circumstances that were brought about in the world. The very last one we saw last time at the beginning of chapter eight was was lifted and broken. And what it did was usher in seven angels after a period of silence. These seven angels had seven trumpets. And so today what we're going to do is they're beginning to blow those trumpets. And as they blow those trumpets, it'll again initiate circumstances and tribulations, things upon uh, things going on in the world that we're to pay attention to, even though we might not quite understand at this point what they look like. We're to be watching. 
And so that's why we read it. So if we would pick up the story, uh, the prophecy here in uh, chapter 8, verse 6. Now the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood. And these were thrown upon the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all grass was burned up. I know that some people would attribute to this, say, hey, maybe that trumpet's already blown, and you can see it in global warming. Now, I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's arguments saying, yeah, all the instruments that the scientists have are saying, yeah, we're getting hotter. And then there's other people that say, no, if you look at all the instruments, we're not getting hotter. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm already using that phrase. I don't know, but I'm watching. Okay, be watching for this. Whatever the Lord wants to do to make this fulfillment happen, he's going to do it. Let's keep watching. It goes on to verse 8. The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. What is this talking about? I don't know. Has it happened yet? I don't know. Could it be? Could it be Fukushima over in Japan where there was a nuclear reactor five years ago, uh, just this last March, five years ago, that melted down and spewed radiation off into the atmosphere, up into the mountainside and down into the water. It's so bad that still all the radiation that went up in the mountains is getting the rain and then flowing all that rain and dumping radiation into the water, into the Pacific still. The greatest body of water on our planet is being poisoned by this great flaming mountain that sat on the edge of Japan. Is that what this is? I don't know, but I'm watching. Okay? We don't know. Let's keep watching. Lord said to keep our eyes open for these things. Verse 10, the third angel blew his trumpet and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood, which is, uh, Wormwood was kind of a plant that describes bitterness. They would kind of, you know, we say, hey, to have a bitter pill, they would talk about Wormwood. Hey, it's bitter. It's bitter water. It says a third of the waters became Wormwood. It became bitter. And many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. What's this talking about? I don't know. Some asteroid going to come down and cause, I don't know. Again, in verse 12, the fourth angel blew his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck and a third of the moon and a third of the stars so that a third of their light might be darkened and a third of the day might be kept from shining and likewise a third of the night. What's this talking about? I don't know. Is there going to be some government program where they hand out, uh, hand out sunglasses to a third of the people? I don't know. I don't know how this is pulled off. We are to watch. You, you see here is a pattern. God says to watch and right now, we can't necessarily say that's a fulfillment, that's a fulfillment. That, is it literal? Is it figurative? I don't know. But I know somebody who does. His name is Jesus, and he will fulfill this at the right time. Are they figurative? Are they literal? I don't know. If you look at all the prophecies concerning Jesus, some of them were directly literal, and some of them were figurative, and sometimes they'd be in the same passage when it talks about there will be a king. And he will be a branch or he'll be a horn. Jesus wasn't a horn and he wasn't just a tree, but he was the king. And so right there, you kind of have literal. What are these talk? I don't know, but Jesus knows. And that king will fulfill that in their day as the trumpets go out at his command. They will blow it and these things will go forward. And the people of God are supposed to be so aware of the prophecies that we say, 
This is indicating what Jesus told us, that there is this march towards the end. See, what happens in people is that we get lazy, we get tired, the news events, even the way the news is structured. And now this, and now this, and now this. You come to the end of the newscast, what would you see in the news? I don't remember. Yeah. And most of you know I have the worst memory in the world. I can barely remember phone numbers, let alone news stories. And yet I'm to watch and to be paying attention, sober-minded and aware of what's going on in the world. It goes on in verse 13 and says, Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blasts of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anytime in scripture you see saying something three times, it's a really strong warning or a really strong uh, sentence like when that says, holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty. He's really, really holy. And they want you to know that by saying it three times. Well, here it says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorrow. Distress. It's coming. And so there will be these three woes. It's kind of like a parent when they have the child who's getting in trouble and they won't respond. They need them, need them to pay attention. The parent will say, well, I'm going to count to the number three. Let me give you the count of three. One, it's almost there. Two, it's getting really close. Three, it's done and now you're in trouble. And this says, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's going to be three woes. And as they begin to count down, what that is saying is we're almost there. Oh, one more woe. Now it's getting closer. Now becomes the final woe, which is the final wrath of God. So that's what's just been initiated. It says, Whoa, whoa, whoa. And we'll see those begin to progress as we go through chapter nine. We're going to smoke through this chapter because, again, you know, I don't know. But Jesus does. A lot's going to go on here that I don't have explanation for. But it says, chapter nine, and the fifth angel blew his trumpet and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit and from the shaft smoke uh, rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace and the sun of the air uh, uh, were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and they were given power like the power of scorpions of the grass. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth nor or, or any green plant or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings somebody. And in those days, people will seek death, and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces, their hair like women's hair, and their teeth like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the nose of their wings was like, uh, excuse me, the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing to battle. They have tails and stings like scorpions and their power uh, and their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. They have as king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek, he is called Apollyon. So I don't know all that is. It sounds like armies. It sounds like things that if John would have seen fighter jets and he would have seen chemical warfare, he'd be like, I don't know, disables people for five months, doesn't kill them. But here's all these noises. I don't understand what they are. They look like scorpions or maybe horses. He's just writing down what he's seeing. And this is the description we have. It goes on in verse 12 says, the first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are coming. So like the parent says, one, here's the first woe. Verse 13, then the sixth angel blew his trumpet. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God saying to the sixth angel, 
who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates, the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lion's heads and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. And by these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths for the power of the horses is in their uh, is in their mouths and in their tails for their tails are like serpents with heads and by means of them they wound the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood which cannot see or hear or walk nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts so here these trumpets blow that last one had a lot of things that looked like warcraft and different things it describes colors of breastplates i don't know if the north korean army has those same colors uh, there's a there's a resurgence of a flag in turkey where it talked about the euphrates river it has those colors i'm watching those nations we should watch some of the things going on how it's going it described a sting in their tails it kind of reminded me of those those trucks that have the missiles on the back that rise up john would have been looking at things like that going I don't know. Here's just what they look like. Looks like a scorpion stinging in its tails. But now people are beginning to die. There's a huge warfare, huge armies. And we're to be watching these things. It's interesting now that a large portion of the world and their armies are all beginning to focus on the area around Syria. I'm not saying it's completing all these things. I'm saying we should be keeping watch. But one of the most penetrating things there that's talked about is even despite all that going on, that as these things are occurring, people continue to reject God and say we would rather bow down to our idolatry and all the things that we love rather than bow down to the one who has already foretold that these things would happen. And he says that all these things that they begin to happen, they're like labor pains. That will be on the verge of Jesus and his return, and he will come and strike with his wrath and rescue with his love those who are in him. And so we're to be aware of those days, that these things are imminent. We don't know exactly when, but we are to watch, as we've said over and over. Here's one thing to watch. You might say, well, idolatry, we're not into that anymore. I mean, our country, no way. We don't have idols. And then we might say, you know what? We actually have talked about how much we worship our cell phones and our schedules and our sports stars i'm not coming down on any golfing fans here today uh uh, ronnie the fevers but um you know we have a lot of things but you would say but we never bow down to idols in the news you can find it on april 19th they will be erecting a full-size replica of the temple of baal They're doing a similar one over in London. They're erecting it on April 19th, which is exactly the high holy satanic day from the worship of Baal, which stretches for 13 days and ends on May 1st, which is another high day of of a foreign god, all of which were idols where because it was fertility, they would come and sacrifice their children on the altar of Baal and they would perform all kinds of prostitution and sexual orgies at Baal's temple. 
And that'll be right there in Times Square. There's another one going up in London. And their plan is that they will continue to replicate these things across a thousand cities in the United States. And I wouldn't doubt if one comes to Raleigh. You say, we don't bow down to real idols anymore. Oh, yeah, we're throwing up temples for them in the largest cities where we desire fertility in our marketplaces. We're putting it up in London and New York, the two greatest financial cities in the world. And we don't follow idols. Well, we don't do what they do. It's just art is what they're saying. Oh, we don't do what they do. We have slaughtered 58 million babies in our country. We throw our sex to every sex symbol that comes along. And you say, well, I haven't been to a Britney Spears concert. What have you been looking at at the computer? What have you been seeing in your mind, even as you've sat here in church? What have you desired to go buy at the store to make a man love you more? You don't tell me that we as a culture and even as a church aren't polluted by the idolatry that they did in that day because We can say, I don't bow down to Baal, but you know what? We bow down to a lot of things. And it said right there that sexual immorality and theft, common things. Would people say, I would rather do those things and enjoy those things and worship and even fear those things than bow down to Jesus. And I say in these days, we must be strong. Not as a Republican or a Democrat or as an American. We must be strong as members of the kingdom of God saying he's going to shake things out no matter whether we're in America or China or right around the Euphrates River in Turkey. God help us. Because what is happening in these chapters, even though we say a lot of times, I don't know, is this there is going to be a shaking. I remember growing up, we had a we had a, a lawn. And it was terrible. Our lawn was terrible. It had all rocks all over in it. We couldn't grow. I mean, it was awful. So we just had to scrap the whole thing and start over. So we ripped up all the old grass and we were left with this awful dirt. The first thing, it just looked like a rock quarry in there. And so we, we, we took and we screened all of the dirt. We built these screens and we would shovel all the dirt in there. We wanted to keep the good stuff, but we wanted to get the bad stuff out. And so we would hop all the dirt into these screens. And then my brothers and I, we would shake the screens back and forth. And what would happen to all that dirt? It would be separated, right? You would have the good dirt on one place and you would have all the rocky gross stuff in another place. This is what the Lord does when he comes and shakes the earth and allows things like what we read in chapters eight and nine, even though we don't understand fully the fulfillment of those things, he begins to shake and say, what team are you on? Are you with Jesus the victor who is redeemed by his blood, or are you more satisfied with just continuing on with your porn? Are you more satisfied by the sale at Sears? You say, well, I don't shop at Sears. Well, I guarantee most of you go to McDonald's and get the two for five bucks deal or whatever you get. Now, should we eat? Yes. Should we buy clothes? Yeah, we don't want to see you naked. But to go on and justify the loves of your heart just because something's on sale. Even at the Christian bookstore. So much of the time, we are more eager to satisfy ourselves. And we don't bow down to Baal, we bow down to ourselves. We worship ourselves and all of our desires. There is going to be a shaking. 
And maybe it won't be in our day exactly this that's happening. Maybe we'll be taken and, you know, the Lord will put us in the grave before that day. But guess what? All the shaking that's going on in your life, and some of you are going through some really big ordeals. He may be using that to say, are you with me? And if you're with me in the day of trial, even though there's woe coming your way, will you tell people about me? I thanked you because many of you were praying for my grandma. And I wrote to my grandma this week and said, Grandma, we're praying for you. I'm sorry that that happened in your body. I pray the Lord heals you up. But I told her, Grandma, I am praying for this. That in the midst of your trial and all that's going on and the hardship in your body, I know that the Lord has planted you as a missionary in that hospital and in the rehab center and wherever the Lord's going to take you in your wheelchair strapped to that IV. You get to go proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. How good was it that God came to earth and was killed on a tree? So in the day of trial, whether the one you're going through today or the one that the world will go through in the days to come, you would say, I don't need to fear. I don't have to fear. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Bring it on, North Korea. Bring it on, Temple of Baal. God would taunt the, the idols and say, they're not alive. You need them to stand up. You have to nail them down. I'm the God of the universe. They are no match for me. Go to him and, and, and trust him today. Hey, Lord, please forgive me. I've been idolatrous. I have loved myself and I've loved all these other things. Please forgive my sin and then be steadfast in him. Trust him for everything. For your job, your finances, your crops, your kids, your school, your future, your today. Because there's a shaking going on. Are you with them or not? Our Father, today we come to you and there's a lot in the Bible we don't understand. But there's a lot that you have caused us to understand. And that is, before we should ever be fearful of the events of a certain day to come. That we should be fearful as sinners before you who could strike us dead just because of our sin before you. Oh, how gracious you've been. That through Jesus and by Jesus and for Jesus, you would have sacrificed him in order that we might be covered in his blood and made acceptable in your sights. And then adopted us into your family so that we could take comfort in you and pride in you and glorify you as we go on and preach the gospel in hard days. And so in the midst of political turmoil and Rumors of wars and actual wars and famines and pestilence and all these things that were going on. Lord, keep us steadfast. Keep us in the word. If you need to take us away to camp. To cause our hearts to be founded in Jesus, take us there, Lord. If you need to cause us to go through a sickness. In order that we might be more steadfast in our faith. I ask for you to do that as hard as it will be. And if it comes the day when we as Christians, even in this land, we've been persecuted for our faith and stand in the midst of trial and tribulation, then, Lord, we pray we would stand firm and to the end be proclaiming, O victory in Jesus, our Savior forever. He sought us and he bought us by his redeeming blood. It's in his name we pray. Amen. We're not going to close in a song today. This is what I want the song to be. I want you to go sing out those doors. We can come and we can pray here and we can sing here.
But you know what the Lord does in his people? He gives them a song of Jesus in their hearts. And it shouldn't be kept into the four walls of this church. You're going to go out to lunch. You're going to go on to have people at your house and host them. You're going to go on to do whatever the Lord has you do the rest of the day. Whatever you would have just belted out right here in this song. Go live that. Go live that. And right now, I know that a lot of you like to come down to the altar. And I'm just going to say a, a prayer over everything that would have been here. Your sin, your burden. And while I pray. If you have something that you want to bring down, just raise your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a part of that prayer. And it's not for me to know who's praying or anybody else to say, you know what? I need to come and lay things down at that altar. OK, and then this will be our dismissal. Uh, you're welcome to take a chance to say hi to Ronnie, greet one another, and then go sing a song. Go live for Jesus as we go today. So, Father, we come to you and we lay down to you our sin. We lay down to you our burdens. We lay down to you our schedules, our finances, everything, and, and just give them to you. You see hands that are raised. You see hearts that are bowed. And so, Lord, we pray that we would continue to do that as we go. That we would sing to you in our hearts, that we would share the gospel with whomever we're going to be with today. We thank you for your continued love for us. We don't deserve it. But Lord, we know that even as we leave this place, that it'll go with us in our hearts. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.